0: Hello and welcome to Outdoors in Scotland I'm John Burns and this is my my podcast for folk who like the Outdoors in Scotland I suppose it does what it says on the tin really um I I I, I the tables were turned on me recently because I uh well, yesterday I was interviewed by um BBC Radio Scotland about my, uh, my 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 book The Hot Tent Diaries and we actually did that in a hot tent and I have to tell you this right <laughs> at the moment I'm recording this in uh it's 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 the it's early well no late December now and or mid December I guess and it was pretty cold you certainly needed to have a hot tent there was no two ways about it um, and so that little that little uh, podcast interview uh, well I think it's uh, also will be broadcast I think by um, Radio Scotland um, I think it's going out on Hogmanay. So uh, if uh, if you've not got anything better to do on Ogmorene, <laughs> you can listen to me in a tent. Um, today my guest today uh, came to me uh, via via a recommendation um, from Catherine in the Unopposed Bookshop. Uh, I, I sort of put a little thing out on Twitter saying, "Who should I interview?" And Catherine came straight back and said, "You've got to interview uh, this guy about his book." Um, And so um, here we are about to do it. Um, So I'll introduce now my my, my guest today. uh, is John McClellan, and he has written a book called The Fault Line. And he's going to tell us all
1: about it, really. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, John. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fine. Thanks very much. I'm down in Bristol while we're speaking. Uh, I'm not in a hot tent. I'm in a reasonably warm house. It is frosty outside, but I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. I haven't so far. I haven't actually interviewed for anybody
0: in a hot tent, <laughs> other than being interviewed myself, of course. Now, yeah. your, your book—it sounds to me—is—is—is is, is, uh, obviously a novel, uh, and the fault line, but it's very heavily based around um, Otherpool and and the the um, you know the the geology and the geography of that area. What what
1: mm-hmm. what drew you to that area in particular? What made you want to write about it? Oh, God. Well, uh, John, I think uh, like you and probably like, like many of your listeners, I have a a deep love of the Highlands and particularly the Northwest Highlands developed over, well, decades now, really, um, right back to when I was um, a student and I did some field trips in the Northwest Highlands and um, and fell in love with the place, really. So the the book is set around uh, Kinlock U, uh, specifically, but it it brings in some uh, wider area as well. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just that area, uh, particularly around Torridon, I think the mountains are uh, spectacular, quite unlike anywhere else, as you know, I imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, but you you talk, I think, about the... um... The geopark,
1: which is it's yep. just to the north, isn't it, of of Volapool? Yep. Yeah. So, well, the geoparks—some of your listeners might know this. This is a UNESCO, uh, United Nations designation for parts of the world which are outstanding in their uh, geology, and the Northwest Highlands is. Uh, quite a few people listening to this will probably know that, but. Uh, a lot of geology, a lot of ideas in geology, were actually founded in the, the Northwest Highlands in the late 19th century, and the geopark celebrates that. And it exists partly because of that history of the subject of geology, but also because of the profound uh, geology itself. There's just stuff going on up there in the rocks that people found completely inexplicable in the in Victorian times, and and it took about 20 years for people to unpick it and figure out. What was going on and uh, and so pictures of the Northwest Highlands uh appear in geology textbooks right around the world. I, I know that for a fact. I've seen Japanese and North American uh, textbooks, for instance, on geology that have got pictures of um parts of uh the Northern Highlands. It, it is amazing, really.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean I mean, um I always think um I spend a lot of time in in, in Sutherland and driving north through the but I there's something very special, I think. Um when you 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 drive through Olipool and Olipool always has the, the feeling to me of a bit like a frontier town. Um you kind of pass through <laughs> yeah. Olipool and suddenly the geography and I guess the underlying geology gets much wilder and you feel you've arrived in a wild place. Um yeah, beyond olipool Is
1: that do do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you about Ullapool. I, I love the place, but people who live in Ullapool call it a village uh, and refer to it as a village. But I think because it's the biggest place for about 50 miles in any direction, um, yeah. it, it feels like a small town to me. And it's got all these functions that uh, a town would have because it serves quite a wide hinterland, obviously. Yeah, and you're right, as you as you go past there and then you sort of go over that hill and, and suddenly you're in this... Uh, Amazing landscape, you know when the uh, asinth landscape opens up before you, John, you know and you've got those magnificent mountains like sylvan just jutting straight up out of the uh, out of the ground it appears it, it's it's there isn't anywhere else like that, and that is all a function of the geology out there. I don't want to sound like a textbook on this, but the <laughs> the, the 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 flat bit of um sutherland the the sort of rolling rocky landscape which these enormous mountains appear to sit on. Um those those rocks, the underlying ones uh, with all the lockums and everything on it, um that those are the oldest rocks in Europe. So that's uh, and obviously therefore the oldest rocks in Britain. Um, and the the Toridonian sandstone, which lots of people will be familiar with yeah. that forms mountains like Cognac and, and Sylvan and uh, Ben and Ben Ben Morrison and others. It's um that's mostly Torridonian sandstone, which is a a much younger rock. But this is all relative because we're talking billions of years here, not um, not moments in time.
0: It, it it I think that's an important point in a way. It it, it I think that's that's the word I was struggling. It feels to me like a timeless landscape in a way, um, yeah. because you've got this. Uh, you, w- w- to describe it in a way, I suppose you've got uh, a sort of a. Uh, a patchwork, uh, almost like a, 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 almost like a lace network of of, of locks and and, and mm. you know, of various sizes <laughs> and then rising from this this sort of this is a relatively flat landscape, then rising there are these tooths of rock. Uh, yeah. like uh well you know, stack poly is a really good example of that isn't it not a particularly high mountain but nevertheless a very spectacular and prominent peak is that is that the sort of thing that draw yeah, yeah. to right about yeah it?
1: absolutely i'm not a uh, you know i've done quite a few Munros, but i'm not uh, a monroist but um, it's really because when you go to places like that the the mountains that you've mentioned or we've mentioned here so far are are so spectacular in themselves. They might just be two thousand mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. hundred or two
0: thousand
1: five hundred feet, but they're 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 just phenomenal things to go and uh, climb and walk up. You know, they're they're spectacular. And of course, for many of them, you do see the landscape that you're talking about there. Uh, and so, it, what happened basically all that time ago was um, the the Lewisian rocks, the the what you call the flat bit or the flatter bit, with all the myriad of lochans and rivers streaming across it. Um, that's a, a very hard ancient rock dating back about 3 billion years. And the Torridonian sandstone that forms like stack poly that you mentioned and Sylvan and the others, uh, that's a, this sandstone. But what happened with the glaciation, because the sandstone is much softer than the underlying rock with all the lockums on it, it really gouged out and eroded, uh, the mountains to leave these upright, um, peaks that uh, you described Uh, what happened to me was uh, I got up there uh, John because I studied geology uh, at university and it was in Swansea uh, which is you know half a million miles south (laughs) of um, (laughs) but but, um, for some reason well there there are reasons because of (laughs) the uniqueness of the geology up there the the university I was at in South Wales uh, was doing research up in the Northwest Highlands so all us students uh, in the middle of the Three year course got dragged up to um, Derness uh, oh, yeah, yeah. for field work. <clears throat> and then for me, in my case, I also did um, a mapping project as part of your degree around, Kinlo- <clears throat> around, <clears throat> around Kinlock U uh, in the late 70s. And uh, really, that's where the fault line, the, the book that I've uh, written. Um, so it's, it's not an autobiography, but it's got an autobiographical basis. In, in particular, I was a student. Yeah. Yeah. studying the landscape and the geology back then. And, um, and right from that time, really, John, to, to now, it's rested in my memory as really important to me personally for all sorts of reasons, but a sort of deep fondness and attachment to the area formed then that I've been unable to shrug, shrug off in the last 40-odd years, and, and I don't want to shrug it off. So even though I live a long way south, it's. Uh, I love coming up to the the northwest. You know, Kenlock U, Galloch, Ullapool, and and up to Durness. Any of that area is uh, is is just a nectar and ambrosia for me, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you've actually had a very similar experience to me in a way. Although, although I have to admit, I think I think I just became addicted to the place so much so that I moved up to live here. um, yeah. I, um I can remember, you 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 reminding me now of, um, I moved up here uh, around about in the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, I moved up from Sheffield, I was working in Barnsley. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I arrived in the Highlands, and and it was like arriving in paradise. You know, there was <laughs> so much to do, so many places to go. And to be quite honest, I guess, guess yeah, the truth is, I'm still doing it. I've been doing it <laughs> The last 40 years and I'm still at it. <laughs> yes, you
1: you've got stuck there and um I think a lot of people uh do, you know the yeah. the guy who um is the principal um uh geologist on the uh, the geopark the northwest highlands geopark a uh, guy called Pete Harrison uh, who's a lovely guy and um he was the headmaster at Ullapool high school for many years uh, and he came up from south as a as a teacher and, and was completely unable to get away. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he won't. Yeah. Oh, no, it happens to a lot of people. But you've also weaved
0: in uh, other stories over uh, around the geology and, and the sort of atmosphere well, of the place.
1: Yeah, what what happened, uh, I mean, so th- this is, as I say, there's an autobiographical basis to the book, like a lot of people's first novels. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. it it's been in my head for years. And it was lockdown that really gave me the opportunity to get uh, get it done. Really, uh, I was right. doing some other voluntary work, but the uh, you know when uh, Johnson uh, locked us all up, uh, I uh, flipped open yes, the yes. laptop and and thought it's now or never, really, um, and just uh, just started. And so it's it's uh, I'd had in my head the idea of a, a young man uh, coming of age, really starting to figure out what life and love means. Um, and I just decided to set it in the uh northwest highlands, so it, it sort of starts off on a campsite in the summer of 1977. So it's um, it, it was quite a hot tent, but not in the way you described yours earlier <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it was hot because he yeah, had the morning uh sun, it was uh, that particular summer was very um, very sunny up there and uh, and gorgeous um, weather. So yeah, I did my mapping project around, mostly on a mountain called Mele Uvesh, um, it's spelt in, if people can look it up, it's just to the east of, um, just to the west, sorry, of uh, Kinloch U, um, and uh, obviously it's Sleoch, really, which a lot of people will know. Um, yeah, so what happens in the book, there's a group of young people come together on this campsite for various reasons, some are there to study the rocks and the landscape, and some are there to work in the campsite cafe. So there's some factual elements to that because that is how it was back in back in that yeah, day yeah, um, yeah. and there's still a, a cafe outside just outside the campsite now and can mock you some people listening to this will know um but back then it was on the campsite so there's a group of young people together they're all around about 20 so obviously and there's a mixture of men and women and stuff starts to happen other things going on beneath the surface more than the geology um as is inevitable with young people. And so we've got a story that is essentially a coming of age story, but this weaves in quite a bit about rocks and and the landscape. I don't know, John, you've you've had the same experience I know with yeah. some of your books. It, what astounds me is people such a privilege really um to to do this, things I could never have expected uh just a year ago when I got going that people would email me out of the blue from parts of the UK or, or abroad and sort of say, oh, John, I, I love your book. It transports me um, to a place that I adore. Or, or sometimes they say I just visited for the first time. And you evoke such a, a wonderful picture of it. Things that I couldn't uh, expect, really. And um, uh, and then people talk about the story as being quite emotional. And I know it is an emotional story. Um yeah. Uh, you know, people I'm waiting really. I don't know if you've had them uh, for somebody to say, This is a pile of poo. Can I have my money back?
0: Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> I've had <know> that. <laughs> so, you know, sort of, I think somebody's gonna do that sometime. I'm not encouraging any of your listeners to do that, but, but <laughs> so far so far I've um I've been completely blown away by how people have reacted to this. Um, particularly um and Catherine that you mentioned in your intro.
0: Yeah, who's yeah.
1: who's sold uh, several hundred copies of my book just this summer alone. Uh, well, summer up until now, um, it's still selling quite well in in snowy uh, December. So I've yeah. just been knocked off my feet by the whole experience, really. But you know, I, as I said, I I love that area and um, the history of the, You know, the, the sort of World War Two stuff. Yeah. I've yeah. in a bit yeah, of that. The the history, which um. You know, early on, uh, when I started coming up to the Northwest Highlands, I had no idea people sat on that history. You know, people who had been born in the wartime. Nobody ever discussed uh, how northern Scotland was uh, in the war. So uh, you can find out now. So round Altby, for instance, there's a lovely uh, Arctic convoy museum, which um, which explains oh, yeah, a lot of things. I've not to
0: that yet. Not,
1: I must go to oh, that. That. That's really, really great, actually. Again, it's sort of kicked off by some volunteers and just people who had settled there. And and they've gathered up these stories from over the, you know, they found people who were still alive um, uh, and who experienced uh, the Northwest Highlands during the war. I mean, basically, from where you are in Inverness, uh, more or less, uh, North, everything was locked off uh, to everyone else in in Britain, um particularly over towards the west, uh, because all sorts of stuff was going on with the navy yeah, and yeah. uh and it just became a, a no-go zone. Basically nobody was allowed in or out um uh, unless he were a, a local and had a a pass. Um but nobody ever talked about it. Well, <laughs> so to discover, discover not, it now well, is outstanding. Oh, right. I mean there's loads and
0: loads of stories about about, about uh, the wartime up here. And mm. uh, you well, you mentioned Derness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lock, a sea lock, um, yeah. which, which name which of which escapes me. But I, 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 I so, uh, sorry, Aerobo, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. There you are, you've got better memory than me. Well, I mean, you obviously, know, you know the story of the fact that I, I believe the, the German U boat fleet was, was, was shepherded in there after the war had sort of officially come to an end and they jettisoned, I believe, an awful lot of ammunition. So the 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 seabed in, in, <laughs> in Loch Erebol is covered with high explosives. <laughs> That's right. Is that, is that a story I d- you are thinking
1: of? I, d- I don't know. I mean, there are... Um, you just hope somebody does know uh, the veracity of all these stories, John, because, um, yeah, you, you hear those sort of things, and you sort of think uh, there was such a, um, a rule of silence imposed on everyone up there. I think with... Um, with the the nature of the Scots, the sort of uh, privacy anyway. uh yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody just talked about anything or said anything, so you sort of think you hope somebody remembers where the the mines are buried, you know. But um, <laughs> I hope, <you> know. <laughs> um best but yeah, the, you, I think. best avoid that But avoid you. Well, you also talk
0: about a craft. Well, a, 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 there's a plane crash in your in in, in your book, I believe. And it was that yeah. was that inspired by the by by the the uh, aircraft crash? that uh, happened in Torridon just after the war in fact is that is that where
1: where, where that came from or or is it something different uh yeah, it's. Um, i wanted to bring in um, uh, originally the the novel was going to have much more of a, a science fiction element to it and if that puts anyone oh, right. off it hasn't got any science fiction element to it i'm i'm a pretty rational person really so i didn't want anything irrational in the story but I think there is something about the magic of um, Northwest Highlands which is and there's so many surprising and wonderful things happen there that some things are a bit inexplicable really so I wanted to weave in some of that idea and that's something that people have commented on quite a lot the sense of mystery or not quite sure what has happened and that's also something I tried to bring into the the lives of the young people there's the quite a strong element of not being sure of their identity in a way um so there's this uncertainty about things but yes um so there is um in my book the fault line there is um uh, must remember to come back to the title because you asked about that but yes the there is a uh, some plane wreckage that's found uh-huh. uh and it's really important to the to the story um but yes it was just just nearby there, you will know uh, Corrie MacPhieker if I've said yeah. it properly on the, of... as as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the back of. know, yeah. Good on the back of Ben A. Uh, magnificent Corrie. Um, anyone who hasn't been up to that Corrie, it's a, a long, steady walk. Yes. They can get up there. Yep, yeah. uh, and it is absolutely spectacular to see. We're right at the bottom of the Corrie. There is uh, sadly a, a plane mm-hmm. uh, wreckage where a number of people were killed, and. I also refer in the book um, to, to one that happened. There was a plane taking some American um, people, uh, American soldiers and aircraft people, back to America after the war, and it on its way, it just clipped the top of Sliot, unfortunately, oh, um, and, it, oh, right. yeah, and, and did a, a, a fairly short, dramatic descent. It must have been awful, really. Um, they try, They believe the pilot was probably trying to get into the sea outside Gerlach, um, just the other end of Loch Marie there, but failed to make it. So there's a crash site at a place called the Ferry Locks, just um, just south of Gerlock. Uh, a terribly moving place to visit, but absolutely essential for anyone who wants to get a sense of that history. And there's a memorial there now. There's 20 oh, odd young 20, Twenty odd young Americans, and they were all young, just on their way home from the war, and they all um, died. And there's a very, very moving place to go to. There's a huge aluminium propeller sticking out of the little locker there. That, but oh, right.
0: uh, I mean, obviously I've seen bring... the, the, the crash site in Colombia, uh, 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 that you described, yeah. is where um, I think it was. Was it a Lancaster? I think flew. Actually flew. I in. think it was a Lancaster bombing. Yeah, uh, incredible. I mean, you know, it's all very well in 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 some ways we talk about the geology and we talk about the, the I suppose the the bones, the fact of the place, but actually, I I, I you know I I think it is it's certainly something that it inspires me as a writer. It's it's a, it is fundamentally a, a romantic landscape. I think. Oh, and I think it's almost yeah. impossible not. And and I'll be and I don't see why.
1: I think it's a good thing to get caught up in that, you know? I think uh, it's really nice you use that word as well, because I've had people, um, John, say to me, uh, um, and Catherine, at uh, Allapool Bookshop, has been very good about this, actually, that, uh, John, people like your book because it's not a crime novel. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and I've, I've read some um, great uh, crime literature uh, set in the Highlands this year. Yeah. There are yeah. some uh, really nice writers who also yes, sell... Right. Well, uh, um, at Liverpool Bookshop and around, uh, and that's great. But my my story isn't the fault line. Isn't a, uh, uh, a crime novel. It is. Well, it, well, is you, rom- it is a. It is a romantic. You, you
0: said you story. were going to tell us about the, the title, the fault line. So I think now. Yeah, you're the, to Tell us about
1: that. Well, people. People use some, some people use that expression in life, you know. Or you sometimes hear it on the telly you know the BBC or something talk about fault line in the government policy or in a a fault line division in parliament or something um i suppose people don't i mean geologically there it is a precise thing i mean a a fault is a a dislocation in rocks it's a structural feature which means really the the rocks on one side of the fault and and the other side can be quite different because there's been a movement a displacement Mm -hmm. of, of rocks um but also, you can have a fault and it's not immediately obvious. And really, that's the type of fault that I use in here. So the fault line in this story is on the mountain, Maile um, yuvish above Kinloch U on the uh, on the western side. It's quite a remote um, and tricky spot to to get to. But there are faults there. I've seen them and mapped them. And this I weaved it into the story as a, both a, an element in itself because uh, it's where some dis- discovery is made, the plane wreckage. Uh, but also um, it's it's not immediately clear that it is a fault, that things are different on one side to the other. And that is also a metaphorical uh, device oh, that I use but, yeah. for yeah. the story because one of the central characters is, is, is un- trying to understand himself. And um, I don't want to say too much more about that metaphorical no, 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 that's bit, but, fair it, but, but that is that's why it's called the fault line and um uh yeah and so it is a geological term it's, which it's, no, open it, it
0: sounds a, it sounds a great book. and, and uh, i think one of the things that you, it sounds to me
1: like you have captured is that is that the landscape itself is also a character within the book in a way oh uh, thank you for saying that yeah i feel emotional when people say that sort of thing because um <laughs> Uh, oh, it's you know. To me, it was you know when I was when I was writing the novel. Um, I don't know how you are when you write things, but the, I, it was so immersive, John. I just had to this mixture mixture of memory and imagination, but quite intense uh, memory for me. Uh, you know, when I was writing it, I was yeah, yeah. deeply diving into both. Um, uh, my memory of the geography and and also of that time unfortunately um people feed back to me that the sense of time and as well as place are really strong in the story but the yes the landscape for me is absolutely a character uh in itself it, it felt like that when I was writing it i'd invented these characters you know peter sue and graham yeah, and, yeah. and others, and but the landscape was absolutely one and I you know when I was writing, I had to think what's happening with the other character while this is going on, and the <laughs> landscape was and the landscape was one of those. So it was yeah, well, you're the to me. I'm sort of <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm addicted to that sort of landscape, anyway. And um, now, what well, there is a, a, an aspect of you. you apparently, uh, you, some of the money that you raise through the 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 huge profits I'm I'm sure you're making right now is uh, a <laughs> <to> wish
1: South, <laughs> Southmead Hospital charities. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I've I've found out the the publishing. But you know, when I went to the local bookshop, um. I, uh in bristol and um, max minervis uh, and the guy sam taylor who runs it really helpful to me when i was writing the novel during lockdown having sort of lockdown discussions you know as they were um and um yeah he he sort of talked me through the the publishing uh process a bit and oh, wow. uh yeah it was okay. a shock to find that you know about half the cover price goes to um you you've lost straight away to to the bookshop and and elsewhere so um yeah. no i'm not making a fortune yet but that was never no. the intent intention it's just a delight john that hundreds of people have, have bought the book uh, just blows me yeah. away really yeah. i, I mean, mean i
0: have to like you i have to say you know years ago uh, authors, you know, the 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 word, the word was ivory tower, wasn't it? You were you were <laughs> shut away, and there was nobody could uh, could contact you. Now the great thing is that one of the, one of the great pleasures of, uh, as an author, I think, as you you said, is that you can talk to people who read your book. And, <laughs> um, you know, the, I always think you you don't really own a book, to be honest. I think the book once you've written something, it has a life of its own, and it it it, it kind of escapes. And goes off into the imaginations of other people. And, oh, and it's things, it, things that you've written spark things that you never would have imagined yourself.
1: No, it's and it, it, it's it's lovely, uh, John. You know, I, I will come back to South Meath Hospital in a second, but I, yeah, of course, oh, yeah. yeah. When people um, people talk to me now, uh, or oh, I've had some conversations at book signing in Liverpool and elsewhere, for instance, in Bristol, and um, and people who've read the story talk. Talk to me about the characters as if they're real people. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's really it's interesting. It's they're reading yeah. tra- traits and history into the characters that uh, I invented, you know. Um yeah. so yeah. it's i mean other people other author, proper authors talk about these sort of things and it it has it is it is an amazing uh, thing to get your head around. Yeah, the the Southmead Hospital connection. Well, what happened um when it we were
0: quick, John, because we're almost
1: out yep. of yep. time here. Yeah. Into lockdown one. uh, And uh, in addition to starting the novel, I I was volunteering at the uh, hospital. Uh, It's huge. Right. Hospital locally. And I was just helping there. And um, it helped me because the place was uh, empty, uh, unfortunately, at the time uh, in the main area. I mean, the wards were stuff full, unfortunately, but the main building. And I was doing pharmacy deliveries and I just had plenty of headspace to to think through the, the characterization and stuff. But as a tribute to the hospital, I I give a donation from every book to um to the char- hospital charity.
0: Well, that's a fantastic thing to do, and it it sounds like a, a great book, and uh, it's it's available from obviously from the Ollapool Bookshop. Is that
1: the uh, yeah? If, if people people I'm, again again. Uh, Again, I realize, you know, you come from uh, you suddenly realize that you've got a big um, Google or or Internet search engine uh, presence that you didn't know was there. So people can Google the fault line and Ullapool Bookshop will come up, I'm sure. And they've got a trading link on there. It's very easy to just click and uh, buy the book if anyone is interested um and i'm um, you know there will be wider circulation next year and book two is underway as well <laughs> all right i'm very pleased to hear it well, it will also you- also be in northern scotland and um but you know that's maybe for another podcast another time john
0: <laughs> sure it is i'm sure it is. listen john it's been fantastic talking to you i think you you sound to me to be someone who is as inspired by the landscape as i am and that's that's uh well that's uh, a good problem to have in my opinion Um, Oh, thanks thanks so much for saying that. I I, I hope you're booked as well. And I'll look forward to your second book coming out, and we'll have to do another podcast about that. Uh, Thanks very much, then, John.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for doing this, John. I much appreciate it. Uh, I really love the conversation. Great.
0: Thanks, then. All right. Cheers, Al.